our Bible open to John 18 and Mark chapter 14. In John 18, the passage, <clears throat> and this is a continuation of where we were last Wednesday night. In John 18, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron, where was a garden into the which he entered and his disciples. There's much about what happened that week at Jerusalem that we do not know and may not know until we get to heaven. The scripture indicates that on the Sunday, which we call now Palm Sunday, which roughly is equivalent to our next Sunday, the Sunday before Passover, that's the Sunday that Jesus came into Jerusalem riding on the foal of an ass. And the mob of Jerusalem put down their coats and their branches and they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they cried out in rejoicing. He came into the city. He cleansed the temple. He went back to Bethany. Tradition says that he was crucified on Friday. Dr. R.A. Torrey has written a brief suggesting that in a close study of the scripture and the Jewish traditions of that day, his feeling was that Jesus was crucified on Wednesday. And he was raised from the grave on Sunday, thus he was in the grave three days and three nights. However that might be, we know that on the night before Calvary, Jesus met with his disciples in the upper room. Judas was there. He instituted the Lord's Supper. And then he said, one of you is going to betray me. They all began to say, Lord, is it I? That teaches us so much. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. John, James, Bartholomew, Peter, they all asked that same question, Lord, is it I? There's no record that Judas said that. But in a little while, Jesus said, what you have to do, do it quickly. And Judas got up and went out. Now the other disciples apparently thought he had gone out to buy something. He was the treasurer of the group. They still did not know that he was the betrayer. Then the 11 with Jesus went to Gethsemane. If you could visualize Jerusalem built on several hills, they went across the city, across the Temple Mount, perhaps down through the beautiful gate of the temple, down the road to Kidron. Kidron is a brook. Sometimes it's dry. This time of the year, if it had been a rainy season, there might have been water in it. Well, they cross the brook Kidron and go up on the slopes of Mount Olives, which is called Gethsemane. And there, there are ancient olive trees growing. And Jesus left his disciples near the gate. He took Peter, James, and John, went a little further, told them to wait, and he went further and still and prayed. 
Sometimes we sing the song, I'll go with him through the garden. I'll go with him through the garden. The rest of Jesus' life and all of our lives and our redemption and our atonement was settled in that garden. Calvary was settled that night. Jesus went a little further and prayed, Lord, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. He went back and found the disciples asleep and said, could you not watch with me one hour? And went back and prayed again and apparently did this three times. Then when he came back, he said, arise, it is the hour. The Son of Man will be glorified. And then they came with torches and lancets and knives and, 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 and swords. And Judas was leading them. And Judas came up and said, Master. And he kissed the Lord, thus betraying Jesus with a kiss for 30 pieces of silver. Peter impulsively took his sword and cut off the ear of Malchus. Jesus said, Peter, put up your sword. They that take the sword will perish by the sword. And the Lord healed that ear. That should have been enough to turn the soldiers back. But they were under orders from Caiaphas and Annas and the religious leaders, arrest him, bring him. And so they brought Jesus to Annas and Caiaphas and Pilate and Herod back to Pilate. But I want us to notice, what does it mean I'll go with him through the garden. Last Wednesday night, we talked about the fact that Jesus said to his disciples, could you not stay awake for an hour and pray? And so one of the meanings of I'll go with him through the garden is that we'd be awake, first awake to ourselves, our selfishness, our weakness, our sins. Peter thought he was strong. We all have two natures, a carnal and spiritual nature. Then we need to awake to the world around us. Things are not running as smoothly as we might think. That's true today. If we're not careful, and perhaps we don't deserve it, but America was founded by God seekers. This has been the most blessed nation on the face of the earth. Never been a nation so blessed, and in turn, the people of America, with a spiritual burden for the rest of the world, have sent out more missionaries from this, these shores than any other nation that has ever existed. We're a missionary nation. This is one reason Hyman Appleman thought that Russia would never take over America. And he taught years ago that Russia would be defeated because God is favoring America because America has sent out the missionaries. And America has been righteous Dr. Altman didn't live long enough to see some of our unrighteousness today. We have a lot of wickedness, a lot of crime, a lot of sin all around us. We need to awake to righteousness. And one of the problems that we face is the biased media. All of the crimes are not told about the same way in the media. A few months ago, there was a homosexual young man who was beat and tied to a fence 
and beaten some more until he died. They called that a hate crime. It was on the news every day, it was in all the papers, it was everywhere. And that was as wrong as it could be. Those men had no business in the world killing that man. What the world didn't know and what most of us didn't know that is a few months before that, two homosexuals took a 12-year-old boy and sodomized him and stuffed stuff in his, in his throat so he wouldn't cry and he died. How many of us heard about that? And when the press was asked about it, they said, well, the killing of a homosexual was a hate crime. The other was a sex crime. That's not nearly as serious as a hate crime. That was the media's opinion. I certainly would not defend those that killed the homosexual, nor would I ignore the fact that those homosexuals killed that little 12-year-old boy. This is the kind of world we live in. We need to be awake to what's going on. I think some people are so dulled by their political positions that they cannot see. They're blind to the truths of the tragedy of our nation right now. We need to pray. We need revival. God send a revival. We need to be awake to all of that. And so if we're going through the Lord, with the Lord through the garden, we need to be awake. We need to make, be awake that we might sound the alarm. But let me say one more thing before we close tonight. If we're going with Jesus through the garden, we will need to submit to the will of God. That's what Jesus did. He said, not my will, but thine be done. I don't understand all that went on in the garden. Some have said the devil tried to kill Jesus in the garden. That's the reason he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. Others feel that Jesus was in his humanity that night, looking at the cross the next day, knowing what, knowing what was ahead of him, and he was saying, Lord, if it's your will, let this cup pass from me. I, I don't know. I know that temptation was real. When Jesus was tempted by the devil in the mount, the devil said, if you're really the son of God, you've fa fasted for 40 days, you're hungry, command that piece of stone to be a bread, piece of bread. Jesus could have done that. He was hungry, but he refused. Is it possible in the garden, the devil was trying to tempt him to avoid the cross? And was the Lord saying, Lord, let this cup of temptation pass from me. I'm going to the cross. For this reason came I forth. Not my will, but thine be done, Lord. If we're going to go with Jesus through the garden, we need to submit to the will of God in relation to others and carry their burdens. Jesus carried our burden. He carried the cross for me. I don't know whether our choir can sing that during Easter or not, but I like that. They carried the cross for me. He carried it. And we need to carry the cross of others. They're under burdens. They're heavy. They hurt. We have some people in the nursing homes that nobody ever goes to see. I asked some of the nurses some places. I see a lady here hardly has any mind at all. I said, does anybody ever come to see her? No, nobody comes to see her. Oh, how the world is burdened. 
how much sorrow there is in the world. Let us sorrow with the sorrowing and weep with those who weep. Be kindly affectionate, love others, follow the golden rule, submit to the will of God in providence, in disappointment. Everyone in this room is going to have disappointment. There's no exception. There's a little verse that says disappointment, his appointment. Change one letter, then I see that the thwarting of my purpose is God's better choice for me. We need to yield to the will of God in providence, whatever the providence is, in suffering, in pain, in poverty, in troubles and trials. I know not where his islands lift their fronded palms in air. I only know I cannot drift beyond his love and care. And we need to submit to the will of God in our personal lives. 2 Peter 3.9 says, It is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. How in the world are they going to come to repentance if they do not hear? Unless you and I go out in a world with not just a life that they can ignore, but with a mouth and tongue with a life supporting it that they can hear. You see, people are saved by hearing the word. In Romans 10, 17, faith cometh by living, by being pretty, by not cussing and swearing and all those things. No, it says faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let's go out with the word. Let's tell people. And let's get through with the idea that I've got to know somebody two years before I can witness to them about Jesus. A lot of people are saved the first time you ever meet them. First time you ever present the gospel to them. And if we don't do that, they won't, they're not going to get saved. It is not the will of God that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we need to be concerned about souls in this time when it's so precarious in our nation. And then we need to be concerned about the will of God in our personal lives in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God, that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, and so on. And so we need to be in the will of God concerning our personal lives. Live a holy life. Holiness belongs. God is holy. Jesus said, be ye holy, for I am holy. When we give our lives to Christ, there's a holiness that comes into our lives. It's the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean that our whole old nature is suddenly gone. It's there. Somebody has said, there are two dogs warring with each other in every one of us. The white dog and the black dog. And the one we feed is the one that wins the battle. And in our nature, there's an old nature and a new nature. And the one we feed with the Word of God, with prayer, 
or with X-rated movies or with videos that are suggestive or pornography or putting our hands where they don't belong. When we feed ourselves on that, that nature gets the upper hand. And so he's saying, if we're going to go with Jesus through the garden, we need to yield to the will of God. And it needs to be the theme of our lives. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Not my will, but thine be done. If we could do that tonight and mean it with all of our hearts, every one of us could have victory. There is victory in Jesus. But remember, victory is not just in a song. Victory is not just in a prayer. Victory is not just in taking the Lord's Supper or coming to church. Victory is in Jesus, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all through the month, all through the year. Dear Lord Jesus, what will you have me to do? And when tempter comes, plead the blood. Just wait before the Lord and let God have his way in our lives. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Father, we thank you for the word of God that is so powerful and so sharp that it cuts to our hearts. We pray that tonight, every one of us here would say, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. I want to go with Jesus through the garden. I want to be awake to myself and to the world around us and to the sinister sins that would so easily beset us. And Lord, I want to be awake to thy will, thy plan for my life, thy blueprint, whatever it is. I want to be awake to the lostness of people all around me. I want to be awake and yielded to the will of God concerning my own person. Have thy way, Jesus. We pray in thy name. Amen. Let's stand, please.